This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son podcast and gaming network. We are here today with Hal Howard and Darren Shakib, the creators of Shard Tabletop, a virtual tabletop and character sheet program. Guys, thank you so much for being here with us. We're really excited to get into all things Shard. Thanks for having us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely our pleasure. Um, guys, obviously, you know, the first thing we need to know is what was missing from the tabletop community that forced you two guys to step away from your jobs and what, what you're doing in your personal lives and come up with this incredible program and concept? What, what, what led to that, guys? Give us the, uh, give us the uh, like process that got you there and forced you to create this stuff. Uh, we started playing again, you know, a lot a few years ago. And, uh, and when I started to step behind the screen again, I was like, there's got to be a set of digital tools that'll make this, you know, just for in-person play, even that'll make this a lot of fun and, and interesting and that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, cut down some of the prep time and, you know, all, all that fun thing. Right. And so we went and looked at pretty much everything that was available at the time, you know, whether it was, you know, the most popular stuff or niche stuff or whatever else. And like, they all suffered for one of two problems, right. They were either, system neutral and required a programmer to actually do something with it right they, like mm -hmm. you just like really like worked hard you ended up working harder on the game on, on the on the tabletop than you did saving time doing your prep work for playing D D, and that was true for both the game master and the players like the players they ended up working hard on stuff or or they were trying to be a video game right they were, they were trying mm -hmm. to go so far in the direction of 3d graphics that again as long as you were using their pre-packaged content, everything worked fine. But if you were trying to do your own content, right? If you're trying to like, you know, start with, give me an image of a map and let me, you know, go go build my adventure around this map. They just were incredibly hard in terms of prep, right? And so forth. And we said, well, God, there's gotta be an easier way. And we literally started with, what was the first thing there? And putting a map together on a, on a, on a sheet. And then you can tell, explain how it snowballed from there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was definitely the, the big thing, you know, in fact, you know, we had for a while, we were putting a monitor down on the table and putting figures on it and, and working and, and, and figuring out all of the kind of, you know, quirks of that. And at the same time, like, it was super hard for me coming, you know, from being in the software industry and suddenly having to have go back to having a paper character sheet and trying to keep up with everything and, updating it with with all of the stuff and i probably tried 10 different programs to, to to go and do stuff and was frustrated especially since you know and this is i think something that you know really influenced us i didn't want to have my tool be the center of what i was focused on i wanted to be able to focus on playing rather than spending my whole time behind the computer you know doing stuff or 
you know, uh, you know, playing around with that. So, and at that point, we were playing in person a lot too. So, like having a big PC sitting in front of you was not exactly the ideal thing, right? It's like, yeah, a tablet or a phone was really the interface you wanted, right? Uh, We experienced something similar this past. We had a session uh, last week, and a couple of us had PCs up, and it you can it almost feels like a barrier, doesn't it? That PC to the game to the game experience, and some people can actually. It, depending on their personality can kind of hide behind that PC and, um, and, and you just are sort of less connected with uh, the interaction. Thanks for watching this episode. We really appreciate you supporting Homie and the Dude. Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. And so we knew it had to work on a tablet or a phone, right? And Darren, like I said, tried a, a you know, half a dozen or a dozen different character sheets that were all meant to work on phones or tablets or whatever else. And, you know, all of them had one, one, one problem or another, right? Some of them were pretty good, but like they all had, you know, none of them were connected to a virtual tabletop. All of it was like a replacement for paper basically is what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You, know, you you guys said a lot of things uh, in terms of that, and a lot of it I agree with you guys. You know, uh, to 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 mention one, you know, I I started on Roll Twenty as our first virtual tabletop, and with the whole programming stuff, I, I noticed that it's like cool, you know, input, you know, this level of code so you can easily do this and have this macro and this macro and da da da. And I, do you know, what, instantly, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm not someone who I, you know, I've done modding for you know, Minecraft and things like that. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not about to spend time making programming stuff when I, when I just spend money on some software, like that's, that's not how, it's not how this works kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, right. uh, exactly. and, uh, and so I was, uh, yeah, I, I actually pushed, pushed that whole side of the tabletop to one side and was like, I'm actually just not going to deal with that. And we're going to use it in like its rawest form because why, why would I spend time having to learn that on top of the rest of the shit that you guys have in here? So uh, I very much appreciate that. Not to mention, uh, Darren, you said, you know, going from being a software designer back to paper and pencil, like I get that as well. You know, it's like when you're in school and you're being taught to do maths, you know, write your maths question. And then suddenly a teacher gives you a calculator and goes, by the way, when you sit your exam, this is going to be next to you. And you're like, ha, you're like, okay, this is way easier. Like, what are you talking about? Okay. Like, this is, this is simple. You know what I mean? So I, I get that need for um, having some, because digitally at the end of the day, like I know for beginners uh, and because I've run it, run D&D sessions for a, a lot of beginners and having that character sheet that does some of the maths for you, you know, it, it, it has your list of spells. It has, you know, it can keep track of whether you've had a long or a short rest and, you know, all that kind of stuff really means that, like you said, the new players, again, while they're already stressed with rules and all the other stuff that comes with fish fifth edition which is quite a lot they can really focus on the game because there's a digital thing to help them out now um I, like like a lot of what you guys said is 100 true and I, I agree with pretty much everything that you guys said i think the digital the digital aspect as well for new players on character sheets is almost like a learning tool like you can you can start almost reverse engineering how you know different points are allocated and it's it, it starts making more sense than trying I, I guess you know it will certainly make sense eventually through a paper character sheet but as far as the you know the underpinning math um, it's a little bit di- more difficult as a beginner to understand how how things are adding up and on a digital layout 
it somehow explains itself a little easier. So very much appreciate that as well. What, what, what's your guys? So you talked about in person and, um, and you talked about, you know, maps, give us a, a, your layout in an in-person game. Like how, how many people are on phones? What's your map situation? Like exactly what does that look like when you're playing shark? Yeah, I think it's changed over time. I mean, uh, for, for, you know, I'm usually the game master. So for me, I'm using my PC. Let's basically looks just like the, the GM screen, right? You're sitting behind the, the old GM screens like, you know, you used to do in, with, with, in the paper and pencil game, right? And so, so I've got my, my, my laptop and then each of the players either has a phone or a tablet. And I think the hero experience is definitely the tablet, right? The tablet, you can see the character sheet and the map side by side. And then in, an, in a true in-person game, um, we used to a lot have a, a large monitor sitting on the far end of the table from the GM that had the player view of the map on it. And that's still a supported configuration. We find ourselves lately, have, we haven't even been using it because the players are using the tablets. Like when they were using the phones, right, being able to see their character sheet on the phone and then have the map view up on the monitor was a, was a, a great thing. And I still think that's like if you were, if you were setting up at a at a game shop or something like that, that would be a fantastic setup, right? You just set a TV on the end of the table uh, and you've got that, that sort of thing. And then the, the player has their phone in hand because not every player is going to have a tablet, right? Which is a, okay. a hero experience or whatever else, but, but, uh, but phone is great for the character sheet and you can see the map on it, but you end up switching between the two because you just don't have enough screen or real estate to show them side by side. Right. Yeah. So having that monitor with the map on the end of the table is a big deal for in-person play and for, for something like convention play or in-person play, that's probably the setup we'd recommend is having a and it doesn't even have to be a very big monitor. I mean, you know, today what a, a you know, 20 inch, 25 inch monitor is probably what less than a hundred bucks or something, 200 bucks at the most right, yeah. for, for a high quality one. Right. And, uh, and, and so setting that on the end of the table uh, and then having, having, uh, you know, Game Master probably on a PC, although Game Master, I think you could also successfully run on a tablet really well. We even have some of our, <laughs> some of our, uh, our, our Game Masters that run the game on their phone. And I can't imagine wow. doing it. Like it just isn't enough screen real estate from my point of view, but people do it. And I guess, you know, it, it, it works. So. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We, we've, we've also played around with, sitting in front of the, the TV and the, in, you know, the, the kind of the classic family room setting, we've discovered that a lot of TVs have the kind of wireless connection that you can do and broadcast that as a second stream. And then everybody sits on the couch and, and has their device. Um, it's kind of, you know, a matter of, you know, kind of who we're playing with and kind of what the vibe is as to, as to yeah. what works better. But, you know, we've also found now with, now that we've gotten used to playing online when we weren't allowed to do that a lot of our games, we have, you know, some people remote and some people local, right. And it's, it's opened up opportunities that we wouldn't have had before. So, you know, like house yeah. daughter lives about four hours away and, you know, we like to, you know, play and have her in our, in our campaigns, but like it was just too hard, you know, being remote. And now, it's, you know, not even something that we think hard about, right? It's like, oh, okay, let's, you know, get Haley. And, you know, if she's available, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play and it'll go. And, you know, we're, we've done that with, you know, a fair number of people over the, over that time. Right. That's, that's yeah. awesome. And, you know, it's, it's, you guys are opening up the world and th th this is what I really love about um, what you guys have created is it's, a, a, it feels like a very simplified version of what, 
uh, is already out there. Not to mention it's sleek looking and it's designed to, you know, overcome these challenges that we have had in the past of, like you said, being so far apart from each other and not having the ability to do it where this, this day and age, you can chuck on a discord or, you know, a zoom call or Skype or whatever, have them there on the phone, looking at the same screen and, you know, Bob's your uncle, you're all there in person, theoretically. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then I think that's awesome. And I think the fact that you guys are really trying to push that. And like you said, the combination of that, because one of the age old problems with Dungeons Dragons is we're not, I can't make it to the session this week. Ah, like, ah, man, like a cancel last minute. Sorry. And, you know, it, it really does in some ways remove a lot of that, uh, that those, uh, excuses i guess in, in some ways it means that it opens up the door and makes it more available for everyone something i want to ask you is you know obviously you're talking about phones and tablets and computers and whatnot i know you've spoken about in the past that you have like one code that works across all of them um yep. let me ask have you guys considered applications or going into like the app field or anything like that in terms of uh, for phones and tablets, or are you, are you sticking with that code because uh, you feel like that model is is the best model moving forward? I, I definitely think that what we're doing right now has proved to be pretty flexible for us and, mm-hmm. and able to enable to run. Um, there's probably some things that we can do with our current one to make it even more app-like as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of you know having offline capabilities and some of that, there, there's there's okay. definitely some some things that that we have queued up. But you know, of course, if you want to play with other people, you kind of have to have that online case no matter what. So that hasn't yeah. been the, the the biggest priority. The other thing that we've tried to do is we want to be able to evolve quickly, and yeah. as soon as you have multiple code bases. It gets to be very, very, very hard to to move in a rapid way, and you know while there would be it would be nice to be able to put stuff into some of the marketplaces so that you know it would help people with discoverability and and downloading and some of that. It's also very restrictive in terms of you know what that looks like you know especially the Apple Store in terms of what are the steps it takes to update and get into it and. If anything, the fact that we've done such a good job of making the web app look like an app, we may not even make meet their approval stuff because they kind of require whatever you do to be different than what your website is. <laughs> kind of, kind of an ironic, uh, ironic twist there. So you know, we've picked a slightly different architecture than a lot of the other ones, and that most of the code is actually running on the device rather than in the cloud. So that gives the a lot of the experience is much more app-like in terms of how responsive things are and how they behave and that. But you kind of get the 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 also the best of the other side, which is, you know, when we find bugs or issues or things, we can update them in a few minutes, and you know, with a simple refresh, you're you're ready to go and and move forward. So I think that you know we want to keep. And you know, amp up that kind of app-like experience without actually having to go build a dedicated app that would be kind of separate uh, code base or separate experience over there. Yeah. that makes that sounds, makes sounds uh, real great. Perfect hey, sense. 
You talk about speed too, right? Having one code base means that like, if you go back and look at our blog, you'll find in the newsletters and so forth, you'll find like every week or two, we're introducing major new features to the software. I mean, not little things, not like I modeled a new subclass or something, right? Like not new content releases, but like major new features that are coming constantly. And it's like, we're just constantly rolling out new stuff and people, you know, the, there's a wish list on our on our Discord. There, people are asking for stuff. We comb through that. We basically pick the stuff that we think will have the highest impact across the or across the user base that's been the most requested, and then we go roll it in, right? And so that's that's been a huge advantage of having one code base because if you have multiple, like you know, um, even you know the best guys that are in the business right now in terms of their character sheet, D and D Beyond is is the gold standard for character sheet. Right, or else they've got multiple code bases and it's slowing them down, right? They're having trouble keeping up a wizard's pace because of it, right? And that sort of stuff, right? And I mean, they even talk about it in their dev updates that that's, that's what they're doing, right? So when, when you look at this just sort of as an outsider, that totally makes sense to me. You know, you guys are working on one system, you're refining that system, you're making it as user-friendly on different platforms, but you, you, you know, the ownership is of this system. Let's, let's modify this thing so it's as slick as possible across different platforms. Let's make it as yep. functional as possible across different platforms. It makes, again, from a, you know, a non-techie person, that seems like it makes sense to me on how to, how to roll. And also, you know, when, when we're looking at resource allocation on how much time we have to, to spend on developing these things, we have to be we have to be smart with our time as well, and that seems like a smart move that way as well. So you're really focusing on refining things that way. Um, I just want to circle back real quick to the you know sort of this hybrid, evolving D and D virtual versus in person experience. I have to say, um, and I'm I'm not even old school, but my <laughs> my my most enjoyable experience with D&D is around a table where everyone is sitting around the table yep. and, you know, as, as few big screens as possible so we can interact. Yep. And, uh, and also I would say also with the map situation, I do like where we can all look at a, a singular map. Um, yep. So that, that monitor at the end of the table, I think is a great idea because there's something about when we're strategizing us being able to point to it or just to kind of, um, think about things, talk out loud about things seems to be, mm -hmm. again, the whole thing about it is just having that really kind of collaborative, communicative um, experience. And, and that map, uh, that sharing map experience seems pretty important to me as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to ask you guys, because you, you mentioned, you know, D&D uh, &D Beyond is struggling to keep up with Wizards and whatnot, because obviously they're rele releasing expansion packs like bloody monthly at this point you know it feels like in terms of a new content with a you know everything how are you guys dealing with that on your end because obviously you know um you guys have got like the you got the players uh, like handbook content you've got like um a lot of the core stuff and the raw stuff how are you guys feeling about having to keep up with what wizards are releasing and how does that even work do you guys have to get rights to that kind of stuff or are you able to just put it in as like as the universal content that just exists so there's two parts to what what uh, to the game, right? There's the open source part of the game, right, which is uh, which is what allows all the third party publishers to exist, right? So the, there's always uh, since the 3.0 days, uh, you know, there's always been a, an open source component to the game and, and and what's called a system reference document, right? And that system reference document has all the core classes and the core races and the spells and you know all the things that are most common in the game are in it. And so the, we've 
completely implemented that. That's you know available for free on the, on the system in the spirit of the open source uh, uh, thing. You know, every user gets all 300 monsters for free with their account. Uh, all you know, I think it's 170 some spells and you know the 12 classes and one subclass. And we've even added a few things to to uh, you know to make it so that you're not picking from a list of one, right? There's not mm -hmm. just one sub, sub race of elf, which was, is what's present in the system resource document. We've added a second one. So you have at least two uh, to choose from in, in, in most cases and, uh, and, uh, and that sort of stuff. And then we uh, have an even bigger stream of content than just wizards. We have uh, all of the third party publishers that are out there, or at least a lot of them have embraced our platform. So if you'll, you'll, uh, you know, the, 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 most prominent one on our platform right now is Cobalt Press, They're the biggest third-party publisher that exists outside of Wizards. Okay. And we, you know, last week produced three of their new books, which are, you know, the three of their books, which are the Midgard setting. I think we're up to a total of 10, uh, you know, hardback book uh, type, type sets of content from them. We'll have uh, a brand new one coming uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, that's their brand new book, Scarlet Citadel. In total, they have more than 40 books. We're basically catching up at a rate of three to four hardback books a month, right? So you talk, about one, you talk about one new book, one new book, like that would be easy for us. If all we had to do was keep up with one new book every couple months, <laughs> no problem. Like, yeah, easy, right? It's uh, the backlog, right? Right, and, and that sort of stuff. We're, we're producing, um, you know, that's just Cobalt Press. This, come, this week, uh, uh, I actually, I guess by the time this airs, It'll, it'll have happened already, uh, is that uh, we're, we're also launching Troll of Games aired setting. They have a couple of adventures on platform right now, but their entire setting, their player's guide, their world book, um, uh, an adventure series, uh, their, their, their version of the monster manual, what's called Monsters and Treasures of Aired. Uh, uh, all of that will come this week, um, probably right about the time you put this live in the middle of June. Uh, they'll, uh, uh, Cthulhu, this, the shirt I'm wearing here, the Cthulhu guys from Peterson games will be mm. live uh, on that. And that's, um, let's see, it's a, a 300 page adventure book, uh, in the wow. first go, a 400 page core manual that includes the monsters and all the player options, um, and some additional materials. And so that's all going live in the next two weeks. So, wow. 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 And so th those books, they are, uh, anyone that wants to play or a DM, needs to acquire those. So is that, is that, how is that working? That whole navigation of um, the rights to those and, and how you're, you, yeah. you're working with those publishers. Yeah. So we sign contracts with the publishers to, to be on platform the, and that kind of stuff. And there's um, some of the publishers rely on us to help them with content conversion. Others uh, are doing it themselves uh, and, and that sort of stuff. And then there's a, just a marketplace agreement and they can sell in our marketplace or um, oh, or they can sell um, the shard version on their own websites even if they want right so they can bundle it with a hardback if you want so because i you know as much as i love the virtual world and i love the convenience of looking stuff up i occasionally like to have the hardback it's sort of the analogous to the tabletop experience yeah <laughs> that kind of stuff i'm probably too old school that way and that you know most most people these days it's like give me the digital version i don't even care about the hardback um but uh but you know our our licensing agreements with those publishers allows them to sell the shard version in conjunction with their hardbacks and so forth too, so that they can bundle them up and sell them together uh, and that sort of stuff. And you'll find we're also 
you know, first part of this year, we've been on several Kickstarters uh, uh, where you can buy the shard version of the of a new book uh, directly yeah. on Kickstarter. Um, the most recent one of those that just wrapped up is uh, it, it was one that uh, Apophysis Studios, Satine Phoenix, new book on uh, uh, called Sirens. Uh, and then we'll also bring in they, they have a previous book. Uh, Jameson uh, wrote a wrote a book uh, uh, called The Red Opera, which is based on a rock rock album. Right? It's based on a heavy metal album that they adapted into a D&D adventure. Uh, it's a really cool book. That one that's, super, too, so. that's super sick. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the good thing is we've got like just tons of creative content out there, right? I mean, like mm -hmm. there's tons and tons of content. And one of the benefits we get by not being tied to Wizards, right? Wizards is, you know, in a situation where they're like, we're not licensing anybody else to do our content. We're not going to, we, you know, and look to their, to their credit, right? They were getting complaints of people having to, okay, I buy the hardback and then I've got to buy it on D&D Beyond. And now I've got to buy it on a virtual tabletop. And like, I've got to buy everything three times. The downside of them not allowing other stuff is that basically users don't have choice now, right? So the yeah. the you know you 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 get a choice of exactly four places you can buy their content, and that's it. Like you you know you don't get any other choices, right? So if you wanted their content on Shard, your only choice is to buy the buy it on one of the other platforms so that you've got a legal license to it, and then and then port it over to Shard, bring it over to Shard yourself. Um, Tons of users do that, right? Uh, and we have all the sort of underlying tools to allow that to happen if they want. They have to own a legal copy in order to do it, right? And, uh, and okay, stuff. So that's that's the way that works. But like third-party ecosystem is is outproducing wizards in in a in a in a big way in terms of the amount of content, the creativity, the adventures. I'd put you know Call Press Empire Ghouls campaign up against any campaign that you book you can find out there, including you know. Curse of Strahd, which is an all-time favorite, right? And that sort of stuff. I think it's it's just a more creative, more interesting campaign uh, with more interesting villains, right? Uh, I, I, that sort of stuff. I can I can imagine um, some of the agreements have you know components of those third-party producers are allowing some of that that content to come into your subscription-based content, and then other stuff will go through the marketplace so that you yep. can have sort of is that is that how it's so and and actually the so, the, the the free stuff through the subscription, the Shard subscription, is almost like a, a teaser or a, at least an exposure of their other content that you can you can purchase through the marketplace. Yeah, so there are multiple ways. There are free titles in the marketplace that you can go download. Even if you're a free user, we allow you to download a number of free titles every month. And so yeah. some publishers produce, uh, you know, previews or teaser packs or, you know, whatever else single, you know, one of the 10 adventures in the pack is a free thing to, to, to give away as a way to, sort of market their their content. That's one way. We also, our partnership with Cobalt Press means there are, in, our, in every subscription to Shard, there's a collection of races and classes and uh, and player character options that we put together with Cobalt Press that uh, is, you know, it's like 48 subclasses and, you know, it's bigger than any two books, hardback books you've ever seen, basically, of Mm. of content and it's and it comes in every subscription so whether you're on the three dollar a month subscription or the twenty dollar a year subscription or the the game master pro you get all that content so you know and and that content if you're running the game is also shared with your players whether they're paying a subscription or not right so they you know everybody has basically it's very cheap to get access to that level of content uh uh, uh for folks um and then 
at our highest level subscription, our Game Master Pro subscription, we're producing, uh, we're working with the publishers to, to uh, license content for a monthly content feed for those folks. So um, first month, it was a, 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 an adventure from uh, uh, Adventure Week games. We, we, we included one of their adventures in the, in the subscription. Uh, this past week, uh, month uh, in May, it was a map pack uh, that includes a bunch of alternate versions of different maps, uh, a forest wilderness map from a, from a company called CZRPG. And the reason we included that one is we just released a feature that uh, provided alternate map images. So you can literally go to a map and say, oh, switch to the night version or switch to the, you know, it's raining version or switch to the, you know, whatever version of the map. Uh, and it supports alternate versions and phased maps where you have like ship sinking or lava flowing or something like that. That's that's the idea is you have multiple images for the same map, all the fog regions, everything else is set up once and you have multiple images for the map. And so we wanted to show that off. And so that map pack shows that off uh, in a big way for the pro, pro for the pro subscribers. And so other people can buy that content. They all that content is available in the marketplace, but the pro subscribers or top level subscribers get that content for free. Uh, or included, I say, I guess, in their subscription. So, yeah, multiple ways to acquire content for sure. Mm. Yeah, it it is kind of interesting, you know, as we've kind of gotten in with Shard and learned. It's we we've learned how hard it is for a lot of these third party producers, right? Which is that the cost of converting onto a a virtual tabletop is pretty high in terms of time and expertise and and that and. You know, being a smaller producer, the the upside is is a lot less, and that makes it hard for a lot of these producers to really be broadly available. And that's part of why we've invested a lot of time and tooling that most people don't see, but that is really important to these people that are that are that are moving their content over and 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 bringing it to be able to uh, to to do that. And you know, we've also tried to be as friendly as possible. So we have no restrictions on where things get published. So if it's on shard, you can put it wherever there's no, Oh, we're going to give you an extra discount or, or, or whatever. You know, we, we want people to, we want to see these third party creators that are so talented actually be successful and, and figure out how do we kind of, you know, help them, help them get there in terms of, you know, getting the word out and, and doing it. And, you know, even some of the bigger ones have bigger content producers have this same problem. You know, a lot of people we talk have tried to talk to, like when we were trying to get to talk to Peterson games, they didn't want to talk to us initially because it's like, it's too much work to convert, to go over to these, to these, uh, these virtual tabletops, it's not worth our time. And we kind of had to work through, hey, you know, it's not as bad as you think. We can do it. We can have a great experience. And there can be upside for both of us inside of that. And, you know, that that's partially because of also how we've thought about doing extensions and this type of stuff. And that when we discover a new feature that someone's written in, we don't tend to go and just write something that's specific for that one particular instance. What we try to do is model it in a kind of general way that everybody can use and then make that available to, to do it. So rather than it getting harder for us over time, because there's more, as we add these new features, the next one gets easier and easier. And frequently, you know, we're finding less and less that oh, there's this, I have to have this feature or it doesn't work. 
uh, as, as we're getting in there. And, you know, that's, it's been stretched a little bit recently and that we're trying to kind of move beyond just the kind of typical kind of high fantasy D and D style settings, right? Cthulhu is a very different feel to it, even though it's using the same real, uh, rule set. And we've also seen the same thing. Like we're starting to work with the Esper Genesis uh, guys and some other people do on doing sci-fi settings. So once again, they're using the same 5e rule set, but there's kind of a few twists and turns on top of that. And as we're doing those, it's becoming more and more rich for people inside of there to go and do it. And that's part of also why, hey, if you have your favorite Wizards of the Coast class or race or this, it's not a huge amount of work to bring that over and play it. Mm. Uh, in fact, we've had a lot of people, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, I took the weekend and I added every single race and class from, you know, all of the Wizards content. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I don't know that weekend. I could do that, but uh, <laughs> it, I, you know, once or twice, I would call it an anomaly, but like dealing really? with, you know, people on Discord and Facebook, a lot more people have done it than I would have dreamed uh, would, would, would go and do that, which is, you know, it's cool that they're able to do it and, and express that kind of uh, enthusiasm. And, you know, once they do that, they can make their own and do their own variations on top of it. And we've seen a lot of people that have have uh, really uh, pushed the limits of that in cases. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, the, the one that always impresses me is somebody will show up uh, on Discord for the first time and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm implementing, you know, the Echo Knight from, from Wildmont or whatever, right? You know, name whatever your, your furthest out there niche sub, subclass you can, you can think of in, 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 uh, in, in any of the books, right? And like three people will go, yep, already done it. Here's how it works. <laughs> 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 it's like, like okay yeah, perfect. You know, and these perfect. aren't programmers right these aren't people who are writing macros right they're just sitting down and doing you know they're they're putting the text of the feature in and basically saying oh yeah this thing grants a uh you know plus one in this situation or it grants a you know an extra damage die or a, you know whatever the feature does right or it's a, you can use it twice a day or you know whatever whatever the the the, the feature is and it's literally just you know going through a set of settings and saying this feature grants this ability twice a day, right? Boom, done. Mm -hmm. Right. And it shows up on the character sheet and it shows up with the, the die rolls appropriate and everything else. Right. It's just that simple. Right. And so, you know, you know what, we're like something that new to, to new to model, but like we've got, you know, uh, a, a large part of it is already well modeled in the system. So mm. you guys like it, it's evident from what you both said that you you're, you're for the people that's like it's it, you know it's it, it's it's the one thing that you know when when i now when i tell people like about chardon like when i when i tell friends and or like on twitter when someone asks like what we're using or whatever um i tell them that you guys are you know this super super powerful um tabletop that is for the people you know you're you're here for the people and something that i love that you said is you know the, these third party creators aren't getting a lot of the exposure and the publishing help that they deserve. And, you know, when you do have Wizards of the Coast in fifth edition creating uh, or pretty much just blocking out one coast of Feyrun and making all of their books, you know, 
pretty solely based in one area, you, you know, you understand why you go looking for these these other these other. Right, now uh, they settings. one book for each of five different settings. One book, right? Uh, you know, you get one extra book for it for five other settings, but you don't get anything more than that. No adventures or anything else. Just one other book. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's just crazy, and so. You know, the fact that you have allowed, you know, again, you're like, you know, you can publish it where you want, you know, bring what you want across, you know, uh, the people who are publishing for us, you know, are doing things like you said, things that are still within 5e, but, you know, they're actually, you know, space settings, you know, you're looking at just mm -hmm. the diversity means that, you know, people like Tom and myself, who are new creators within the uh, within the field that you guys are, you know, the 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 almost like the, uh, the people giving everyone hands up, you know, you're, you're like, a, you're helping everyone out. You know, we, I'm sat here appreciating you guys massively for, for being there for uh, us small time creators that are working our way to have, you know, these things published and have people play our games and, and, you know, and exist in the worlds that we terraform in our minds, you know? And, uh, and I think it's, it's, amazing that you guys are providing a place for that now something that really is evident and something that i found utilizing your uh your your program already is the homebrew tools and you know you guys mentioned um that you know you can just input the features and there's like a setting list and beep beep up you know done the dice rolls work easy peasy and it's things like that that for me you know going back to those macros that made me go you know i don't i don't want to do that you know i i really don't want to do this and furthermore um, like you mentioned, having to purchase, you know, a, 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 if I already have a physical copy and then having to go and purchase a digital copy on, a, you know, D&D Beyond and then a, on Roll20 and then this and that, it's just a nightmare. And so I think as you guys have done all this and, and given this place, I, I wanted to ask about those homebrew features and why that was important for you, why having that ability to customize and really create what each individual person wanted, why was that so important for you guys when you made this program? Well, I, you know, it starts from origins. We were writing a tool for ourselves, right? And we didn't have licenses to all the content. So I need to be able to put put content in, right? So I needed mm -hmm. to be able to put the subclasses that my players wanted to play. And I need to be able to put the, the you know, the, the races they wanted to play and that sort of stuff. And so, you know, you think about it from what, you know, every game master wants, right? They want the capability to customize things, right? I mean, I, I've never, never played a game that was straight by the book, you know, the, the you know, the, only the options available in this book or that book sort of thing. Every game master customizes a little bit or does things for their players where it's creating custom items or tweaking monsters or, you know, doing whatever, right? There's always some customization, right? And so that was, you know, the idea from the very beginning, all right? And then we, you know, we, we I've, created a few things for DMs Guild and been involved in the creator community for a while and, and uh, you know, knew quite a few people uh, that were writing, you know, third-party content for, for the game and, and kind of stuff. And so we knew right away we wanted to embrace that community and, and, and have as many of them as possible. And Darren talked about the problem, right? Some of these virtual tabletops are so complicated to publish for that, like, it's literally harder than doing the layout for a hardback book, right? I mean, it's like, it's more complicated than, than, than getting into, into, into doing that, right? And when you think about, you know, that, it, it, for them, it's an added expense, right? They're, they've got, they've still got to do a book layout, right? They're, they're going to, and they're going to go sell, most of them are going to go sell something as a PDF and they're going to go do a book layout. And, you know, they all yeah. aspire to do print on demand and have enough uh, demand to do that sort of thing so 
to have an additional expense, well, you better be able to, you know, it better be a minimal extra expense and it better be, you know, have a marketplace where I can capitalize on that, right? And so those things all grew out of that, which was the idea. Like, you know, we talked about a lot of the big publishers in the course of this, but like some of the ones I'm really proud of, right? Uh, you know, Realm Warp Media is a small publisher that's grew out of DMs Guild um, that's doing a, a, a set of, uh, uh, of things called Cities of Myth. Their first one was Fallen Camelot. They just they did Atlantis Divided. All of their materials are on on Shard Tabletop, and they're killing it in terms of sales. They're they're doing great uh, in terms of what they're doing. Another small independent publisher uh, that's the one that's been with us the longest, Underground Oracle Publishing, was the very first publisher to sign on with us. And they're like their their normal model is supported by Patreon with weekly supplements, like a very common creator model in D and D. Every week, everything that's available on Patreon is actually available on Shard. Uh, and they have a shard level subscription on their Patreon that like is, you know, if you, you buy it at this level, you get the, you know, the print version and the, and the shard version uh, all, all together. Uh, and it literally sim ships. It's that easy for them to keep up with stuff that it just sim ships. It's like literally less than an hour's work every week for them to, to, to put their, their stuff on, on the shard. And we, and we, we just kept refining the tools until that was true. Right. We've been working with them for what, uh, eight, nine months now. Uh, they were literally the first people to sign on and uh and they've got a back catalog that's like got to be more than 100 titles now of wow. their weekly content that they brought the entire back catalog over literally everything they've published from day one is available on shard uh, and the entire back catalog and they actually brings me in another point we actually allow content publishers on our platform to create their own subscriptions so they have a champion level subscription on shard all right. Um, that's the same as their Patreon. So if you prefer Patreon, you can subscribe there or you can subscribe in the Shard marketplace and get the Shard versions of everything. And like that, we, we do the monthly billing for them. And, you know, they, they, you know, everybody gets access to the full back catalog as a part of that subscription, the way they've set up their subscription. Amazing. Oh, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. I'm just, as you're talking, you know, we, we are working on, you know, our version of a homebrew with an aspiration to eventually have, you know, a setting complete and, you know, characters and NPCs, stat blocks, all of this. So talk, talk me through if I were a small time third party publisher and I'm interacting with Shard for the first time. Like, for instance, yep. that content transition, are you guys doing all of it? Is it a collaborative thing? Are we formatting it to a certain extent? And then uh, you're inputting it. Um, through your system, how how is this actually? The, the, the Talk to me about how you're creating your content. You're, you, you, most people are starting with either a Word doc or a Google doc, right? One of the other. Right. right? You sit down right. and you type in your content. You you give it a little bit of formatting, probably before you take it into a layout tool. It might be you know you might be using something like GM Binder. You might be doing something like Adobe, uh, you know, as as your as your formatting tool for for print. Whatever else, yeah. Well, you take that same file, the same Word file you did there. You import it into into Shard. We actually understand a lot of the formatting. Like, so if you standard, if you formatted a monster block or a subclass or a race or you know whatever you've created, you literally once the text has been imported, you hit a tool that says convert that to a race, right? And it goes and rips all the text and basically does character recognition on the text and creates the feature for a race or the feature for a monster. In the case of monsters and spells and items, it, it will like a monster, like literally it's, it's hit the button, you know, it, it rips through and puts everything in the monster stat block for you. Uh, you create a token and you're done. 
right? It, like okay. it all, it, it likes the die rolls. It, it, you know, track tracks everything you can do. You know, if it's a unique NPC and you want to add things like I want to track its, its, its daily uses of things because it's going to appear over time. I want to keep track of its hit points and that kind of stuff. Then you can flag it as an NPC and add a few little more decorations to it. That's it. Well, you're done. Right. Uh, so you, we start directly from the dock that you authored it in and allow you to import that dock and then hit a button to convert the tool. And, you, that, you know, the conversion tools will, will handle everything from monsters to spells to items to races to classes to you name it. They know about it. Right. You know, you basically said, OK, this thing, this piece of text that I just imported is a subclass for fighter. You literally mm -hmm. say convert subclass fighter and it goes and puts all the features in the right place for, uh, for being a subclass of the fighter. And then you might have to do two or three additional steps to model them. Like this one is pick a fight, you know, this feature is pick a fighting style or that feature is, you know, do, do, you know, something else, but that's it. You're done. Okay. And, and they, they say that the dudes over on the coasts are the wizards. Sounds, sounds, <laughs> <laughs> and sounds like bullshit to me. <laughs> Uh, no, guys. I mean, like, let's let's be real. Let's be real. That's yeah. that's unbelievable. The power that that gives DMs is to be able to write notes on the fly and be able to move that in and to be able to to put that into their their tabletop is that's it's, powerful. It's going to be easy enough that now the publishers are asking us to potentially go the other way around. They 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 import their their word doc, you know, get it all modeled correctly and shard tweaked up the way they want it and everything else. And now the master copy is in shard and they want to export that in order to, to create their published, you know, their printed copy. Well, right? well it's, so, a, it's a question. It's are a you guys great, considering I, I that? Because I actually we thought are, about we that. We are considering if, that, uh, particularly right. for things like monster stat blocks and, and you yeah. know, things that, you know, that we can do a consistency check on them that, you know, like when you in input the hit points for a monster, or the hit dice for a monster, it says, hey, for a monster of CR3, it should be in this range. Right. And, you know, that 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 sort of thing. Right. Um, uh, and, and, you know, once it's in the modeled stat block, right, that it's correct. Right. It's, it, you know, uh, that sort of stuff. So being able to do that sort of stuff, we definitely are considering features for the publishers to, to make it even easier for them to to start authoring the content in our tools and then export it to whatever other format they want to want to publish in so for publishing at you know on demand that type of thing and then they have that yeah. completely formatted through shard a print copy on their website or they want to sell something you know through one of the third-party print marketplaces then they could do that right exactly Absolutely. now do you have a sort of a a standards threshold you know with whether it's just basic um editing copy editing or is it just a meritocracy whatever is selling there is this stuff that has the highest quality or the highest sort of um uptake through the you know the consumer um appetite how, how are you guys monitoring so then, you know um i, I want to say pure meritocracy but the reality is is that on the front end when a new publisher comes on board i sit down and look at at whatever their their first title is going to be right and help them through any you know making sure that any modeling, uh, you know, is done correctly, that it's going to be a good experience for the consumer and that kind of stuff. And I'll give them feedback and tips and so forth for how to improve their, their content. Um, sometimes to the point of the improvement on how to design their content, not just how to make it great for shard, um, uh, depending on, uh, on, on what they're doing. And then once we're past that, you know, first one or two titles and they've got the hang of, of doing things in shard, then it's like, 
they they get they get a publisher uh, uh, license and they can publish at will, right? We don't put any gate on what they can publish. From there, it's purely a meritocracy. So there is some selection on the front end. I'm like, I'm, um, we've had people that say, hey, I want to put my <clears throat> these two, you know, homebrew classes up, right? And I don't have any intention of doing anything else, right? And it's like, well. You know, if you allow a lot of that, eventually that just becomes clutter and it makes the things that are really out there hard to find. Right. Yeah. And so we basically said, look, there's a mechanism for if you want to create a couple classes and share them with your friends, there's a way for doing that outside the marketplace. You can create a package and share it without publishing it in the marketplace uh, and that kind of stuff. And so if you're not if you don't have commercial intent, if you're never going to sell anything, if you're not becoming you know on the path to becoming a publisher, we recommend you take that path. Right. And we you know, and that sort of thing. But if you're, you know, if you're starting out and I've got four or five things now and I'm going to have four or five things next month and I'm going to have, a, you know, a few things the month after and my intent is to work toward a setting book or to work toward a full adventure or to work for, toward, you know, a set of races and classes that are unique to my, um, the experience or, or whatever it is, then we're willing to work with you no matter how, how small you are. Right, you know, and I feel I'm, like this is turning into a, a business meeting. We might, <laughs> <laughs> we might want to hit pause on this. Yeah, yeah. Let's, like, let's yeah, yeah. talk semantics quickly. Let's, <laughs> let's iron out some details, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, uh, but no, like honestly, the the, the the home that you are providing for for content creators is unbelievable, and and you know, like 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 you said. Uh, and so something that I'll, I'll mention that I instantly loved the moment I started using your guys' program is when you create a book and the way that it's formatted and further, like by formatting the design of it. And it's very um, traditional to the adventure books that are being released out there. And, you know, the fact that you can do like the, the inbox like text thing for when you want to like read a description or you want to add a handout in and like the fact that you make it that you that easy to use and then further than that when just me as a dm like when i'm reading through things and uh because i'm actually severely dyslexic and so um working on like reading things often is hard for me like finding my position on a page and stuff but because you guys allow me to section things out and have it in different fonts and have it looking different as well as also you know like i said that inbox text and whatnot it made it so much easier for me when I last when when I on our most recent session where I used your guys' tabletop for for the first time properly with our players, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe how much easier it made it, and it made it look slick. It, I mean, looking at my writing was a lot sexier uh, in the format that you guys have it. I'll, I'll tell you that than than it is. Goals make you look good. <laughs> it does. It does. You 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 definitely make it look good. So. Yeah, I really appreciated that aspect of the program. And I think the export, that whole like export thing, thing that we we're talking about is definitely something that uh, Tom and I discussed about your program because I showed him the layout of what like I had written. And I was like, look how beautiful this yeah. is. I was like, God, if we could have this in paper, like my God, you know, kind of thing. So <laughs> uh, I think that's uh, I think it's you guys are doing doing more than you even know, I think at this point and you're working. The fact that you're working as hard as you are to bring these new features, these new elements, uh, you know, bring on new uh, publishers and stuff. Just blown away, guys. Like the, the, the hustle outside of doing a, a nine to five is bloody incredible, gents. And I, I take my hat <laughs> off to both of you. Like really, really take my hat off to both of you. I do too. Yeah. So let me, I gotta let me say, ask this you, is uh, something that 
that we really enjoy, right, is yeah. hearing about people with their new experiences. Like the the I've never played D and D before, and I was able to get in and play quickly. I've never been a DM before, and I had a great session, right? Like it's 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 kind of interesting for us to fully experience the being so connected with the customers between discord and Facebook and Twitter and like being able to get the feedback in kind of real time about, Oh, this was great, but, or this was great. And right. And then, you know, being able to kind of ask people and iterate and see people being successful. I think that the story that, that Hal had was when, uh, a grandmother came and was asking how to play. She wanted to play with her grandkids that she'd never played before. Right. And, you know, he was able to work with her and get it. And, you know, was she actually DMing or playing how uh, she played the first session. I, I, I GM'd a little session for him just to get her started. Like at, you know, an hour or whatever else. And then after that, she's been GMing her own sessions for her grandkids. Right. So like, you know, you know, COVID separated them so they couldn't get together and play board games anymore and that kind of stuff. Right. And she's, G she's been GMing sessions for her grandkids. I hear from her like, you know, once every couple of months where she's like, yeah, we're, we're playing this now or we're doing that. And she's doing great. I mean, she's like, <laughs> incredible right i mean like that's, I, you know, that's I think we all wish our grandparents were that motivated to connect to <laughs> i just have to say you know just it, that was just an aside right but it's a real reflection of you guys. the commitment that you guys have to the community to, you know there's there's no there's no transactional benefit of what you just did spending nope. that time with that grandmother but you knew you connected up the value that that pleasure was going to give mostly to her even though it was going to be for her grandkids and uh, the, the, you know, the philanthropy, if it will, if you will, of your time spent with her is, it says a lot. It says a lot. Um, well, and, 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 you know, we can get into these startups and just start chasing, you know, conversion, conversion and, you know, monetization and all this other stuff and start losing the real, the real reason that we're doing this stuff. And you just, you know, you just shared something that, you know, it's quite precious. For us, it's about community, right? It's like, really, I mean, like if the community's, you know, getting better around it, the, you know, like the, the money will come, right? People, you know, there'll be some people that can, that spend a lot. There'll be some people that can't afford to spend any. That's okay, right? We, we want everybody to be a part of the community and really enjoy, you know, the experience of, of playing together, right? It's, it should be a game that's, you know, it's, a, it's about building community, whether the community is around your table or across the world, right? It's about building community, right? And so for me, that was, it was a no brainer. Like she said, Hey, I'm, I'm trying, I've never played before. We've played like elf quest or something right online, but never, never played D and D. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me get in and show you the basics. And I spent like an hour with her and then another hour after with, with, with her, uh, her kids and grandkids, like, you know, walking through it. And she was like, so appreciative. And she's like, she, she's, you know, she shows up on our discord and talks to people all the time. It's great. You know, it's fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, one of the guys that's a moderator on our Discord group, like, you know, it was a, he played before, but he'd never run a game before, right? He never, never run a game before. And so he literally GM'd for the first time behind Shard. And he was like, the experience, he basically said the same things you guys said, right? About how easy it was and how format and like all that kind of stuff. He's now a moderator on our Discord. He's like one of the leaders of the community, right? And that sort of stuff. And it's like, you just never know, you know, when somebody reaches out to you and says, I need help with this what the what, what you know sometimes it's just like they want one question answered and they 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 go about their merry way you never hear from them again other mm -hmm. times it's like 
that person turns into a community leader and you just got to, got to encourage that wherever, whatever the outcome is going to be. So. Do, do you know what? Like it, it, it's so rare that you get that. And it's funny because um, I, I would say in some ways, Tom and I uh, come from some interesting uh, communities uh, prior to engaging with the, the TTRPG um, community. And um, we kind of came from mixed martial arts and, and, and I'm a skateboarder and stuff. And so We've come from some, some pretty volatile communities, if I'm honest, and some, some uh, hateful places and, um, and some yeah. hateful people. And the TTRPG community is so supportive and, and full of love and full of like brain people. Like, uh, you know, we're collaborating with, with Mark on, on writing a one shot and stuff. And, and, and like, to me, I, I, I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm, I'm a 23 year old kid living in Bristol, England, who has, it feels like from my end, not much to give people. And yet, you know, Mark has reached out to me because of, you know, something that he values that I, that I bring to the table and, you know, we're working together and that's that like that stuff in the, the community that we're in is so valuable. It means so much. And like you said, whether it be the, the most minute thing all the way through to someone who then becomes a leader of the community. Um, and there's so many of those on Twitter of people who are, you know, not even players, but people who engage with the conversation so much that people enjoy just hearing their social commentary about what's going on in the community and stuff. And I think it, it's yeah. really beautiful that you guys are a home for that. I think, I think it's, it's rare that people do that. And for how, for further than that, like, let, let's talk about this. How, how many times do you see like the, the, the CEOs of Nike? you know, helping a grandma try on some shoes, you know, <laughs> do, 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 do you know what I mean? Like you, you don't, you don't see that kind of shit happening. So the fact that you guys are again, willing to take times out of your day to, to do that for the community just shows the place that you have created and, and, and what you are doing for through the community. And again, I, I can say from my place, I'm sat here, uh, unbelievably, uh, almost speechless at how awesome you guys are. How much I appreciate you both as humans and as, creators and and people within the community i'm thankful that we have you guys at the helm of the ship of shard you know driving this new age of tabletop you know virtual tabletop that exists you know that's that's pretty awesome that's great it's a real compliment appreciate yeah. it yeah we really feel lucky to be because you know we can't make the community right we just get to participate with it mm. and this was kind of what you i, I understand the the previous stuff. Both Hal and I spent many years in the corporate world and 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 doing stuff. And when we started this, a lot of it was we need to do something different. Mm -hmm. Let's do something where we can engage with the users and have fun with it and feel like you know people are enjoying and 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 benefiting directly from it and not kind of through this complicated, you know, big corporate, you know, type of mm -hmm. setting. And you know, it's, it's been cool to, to, you know, connect and engage with everyone. I think people is, are shocked. Yeah. You know, they, they raise something in bugs on the discord or whatever else. And five seconds later, Darren's like, okay, try this, right? Just <laughs> and like five minutes after that, it's fixed deployed. <laughs> you know, <they're> like what? <laughs> Straight yeah. from the horse's mouth. <laughs> yeah. well, we, like, we talk about community and you've mentioned discord a couple of times and, you know, Twitter and Facebook. And we certainly, we have a bit of, um, a relationship with Reddit as well. And th those communities, yep. although it is the community under the umbrella, they are separate, distinct communities as well. How their conversational style, their interests, yep. um, how, what they 
deem as appropriate, what they deem is out of bounds. I mean, there's all kinds of different unwritten rules within those, you know, the sub communities within how, 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 like when you talked about discord, mostly is that, would you call that your core, you know, sort of back and forth to get things like input on bugs and what's working and what isn't working or are you spread across? It, we're spread across, but we definitely, it's the most free flow of conversation happens on our Discord. It's the biggest community right now in terms of the number of people that are a part of it. And, you know, it's pretty, pretty you know, we've got, you know, a handful of channels set up and then we've also got a channel for each partner, right? So if you if you have a question about Underground Oracle's content or Cobalt Press's content, okay. you can come to our server and ask the question there and their reps from those publishing companies, they're there Amazing. to answer the questions and, you know, that sort of stuff. And so... Um, but you know, that's probably the most active, but then second is the, is our Facebook user group is also very active. There are people that ask questions there and we're monitoring that one. Reddit is pretty active. Twitter's pretty active. Um, Reddit's growing like Reddit. We started later than the others. We, neither one of us were big Redditors. So we didn't really, you know, understand the dynamics of that community, um, as well. Um, but it's it's grown into be you know a decent sized community now too, and we'll get questions that get posted there. Um, it's interesting in that that one there feels like there's a lot of crossover between it and our Discord group. There's you know and that sort of stuff. So some people will ask questions there, but more likely they'll they'll see an announcement or something we've done on Reddit and then come to the Discord community to ask questions. Right. So it's just it, there there is some interplay between them. Um, but yeah, I'd say Discord is our biggest community right now. Discord, I think the big thing yeah, right, right. Discord is it's just highly interactive, right? Mm -hmm. In a way that's hard to do with Facebook or or Reddit or Twitter, right? Is it's mm -hmm. just you know we can go back and forth, you know, you know, repeatedly and 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 get to stuff. So I think that you know all of them work, and it's like you said, a little bit of you know this type of stuff works better here, and this type of stuff works better over there. Yeah. That Reddit dragon's a hard one to tame, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we feel that. We feel that. We, we're, we're navigating that, that the, those those murky waters as well. It's a it's it's a, it's, a, it's a weird one, but I think you know we, you know, like you said, it's about understanding what is you know appropriate. And I, I like what you said. You know, it's that whole uh, cross almost cross platform. Like someone will hear something from somewhere and then go somewhere you know, and, and, and communicate with you guys. And I think, again, having that place where people can communicate with you is so valuable. You know, it, it's it's and it's one, you know, we're trying to cultivate more with a, with our Twitter profile because we, uh, we're not super present on Facebook or Instagram in terms of like communicating with people. But on Twitter, if people shoot us a message or they like interact with us, we're happy to like jump on it almost instantly and be there. And so, I think it's about, like you said, having those places where people can find you and can get to you because that kind of stuff is like, it's, it's worth more than money, worth more than time. You know, it, it right. means so much to people, you know, and, and, you know, just, just like you guys taking the times out of your lives to come and chat to us today, you know, it means the world to us that you, you've done that. So it's, it, it's one of those things you to, know? to build on that, the, the, the amount of, um, it's almost like intellectual property. So we have, we have um, one person that is, you know, we'll call her a, our, our intern that works on stuff, but we probably wouldn't give anyone at this point 
the knowledge base that we've grown on how to interact in those different communities is really, really tricky. Yeah. And it, it's very nuanced. And, um, and you can burn a bridge without even knowing it if you don't know the rules. And right. so that, that kind of experience is really hard to transfer. It seems like you learn through trial and error and you understand when you've burned, you know, you've kind of, uh, you've had your own finger burned by, by, you know, a moderator that says, uh, 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 we, we just don't do that here. So, you know, find, find somewhere else. And, you know, then you start f figuring out the rules of things. So it's, yeah. it sounds like for us, certainly Discord is one that we've talked about, but yeah. we probably need to play in that sandbox uh, quite a bit more at this point. Well, um, I think it, it behaves a little differently for us because also I turn Discord around a lot. Like I'll be working on something and go, oh, gee, I don't know what the right thing to do is here. I'll mm. throw it out and I'll let other people give me their opinions as well, right? And, nice. and, you know, especially when, you know, in this day and age, you don't like to wait for any answers. So anything I can do to get a quick answer is is particularly yeah. valuable. Yeah, so the beta, the beta channel on uh, on Shard's Discord is the Darren show, right? He basically says, hey, I'm trying this. I just, <laughs> just deployed the beta. What do you think, right? And like, you, you, you know, you get five, six, 10, a dozen people that are like, ah, just tried it. This is great. It'd be even better if you could do this or that, or, you know, this other thing. And like, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's, he's like, yeah, we, that's constant source of feedback. Right. And then, and then people are shocked when, you know, three days later, the feature they were talking about is on the site. Right. Uh, you know, and that sort of stuff. So it's, uh, you know, it's, I would think that at, the, at some point, if it hasn't happened already, one of your one of your users is going to make a little animation of Darren that's like, you know, kind of putting out fires. And, you know, that's going to be like the the image of <laughs> the There's representation. There's more than one meme that's been uh, published. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. It's a. Uh, it's yeah. It's this weird, this weird new age we're in of, of of this interconnectivity that we've never had before. And I'm sure, do you know what? As well, something you know, you guys have been within this community for you know a, a long time since you were a young gentleman like myself. And you know, uh, you you like I'm sure you can appreciate the connectivity that we have because back in the day, you know, and you know, don't get me wrong, uh, it sounds cool when I say you know, yeah, I watch MMA and I skateboard, man, like that's awesome, but. Truthfully, you know, I also grew up playing every game that I could get my hand on and I'm a like first person shooter nerd when it comes to games and role playing games and the whole the whole shebang. So, you yeah. know, the whole nerd stereotype that has been perpetuated for years that get has been put down. I'm sure, you know, something that I appreciate is that I have I have access to other nerds and other people that I can talk to. I'm sure you guys, you know, who back in the day it's the people that you know and the people down at the comic book store as opposed to, you know, the thousands yeah. of people across the internet. I'm oh, sure yeah. you guys really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, it's pretty interesting because like, you know, now it's the point where, you know, any given evening on Discord, if you want a game, you know, on our site, like you can find a game, right? I mean, like, it, you know, it's not, mm. you know, it's like you want to play a one shot with some people, like all I got to do is say I'm willing to GM one and like, you know, you'll get players signing Amazing. up like that, you know, the, for, for this week or whatever else. Right. And and so that, you know, yeah, you're right. That ability to build community online is just so, you know, it's it's probably the most important element of us, you know, being able to build a great software package is being able to turn around that oh, yeah. community feedback in a very rapid fashion. Right. Is to be interact directly with the folks that are using the tool. Right. To not, you know, have any of those barriers and to be able to literally, you know, go and say, OK, 
what about this and deploy it to the, to the, the test site or the beta site and say, okay, what do you think? Right. And mm. then like, and keep playing with it until, you know, and it's like, you just couldn't have done that before. Like finding a like-minded community like that, that, you know, basically the last 10 years is really the, the you know, even uh, has become, that's, that's the level of interactivity you're allowed to have with your customer and you can, you know, with the community at large, right. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, uh, before it was location-based. You're going to the record store, you're going to the arcade, the yeah, the you're going to, you know, it, depending on where, where, where your hangout is, what, what your flavor of life is, you know, you're, you're going to locations as opposed to online locations. What well, are you going to say? No, it's a golden era right now. It really is. I mean, you know, there are different periods that, that we appreciate, uh, but this, this connectivity era is, has a lot of benefits to it. On that well, note, this is a good example, right? Doing this halfway around the world, like exactly. it wouldn't have been possible, exactly. right? It just uh, that, yeah, exactly. this example, and then and then you know when we look at the creators that participated in our in, in our Kickstarter and that sort of stuff, right? There, most of them were people I had met through other you know through the online community and that sort of stuff. But like you know, Spin is in Austria, uh, Wyatt is in South Korea. Right. And, you know, you know, the artist we use for all of our uh, all of our monster art and that kind of stuff is in Brazil. Right. Uh, you know, it's like they're you know, it's truly like, you know, you meet people online. It's like you just like you work with them, you grow to trust them. And like, you know, and then it, and then it, uh, it just blossoms like we've got people all over the world that are that are not only using our tool, but but con contributing content to the community and actually driving things forward. Right. So it's, it's truly a worldwide effort. So. Fantastic. So if, if one of those users out there was a beginner, just kind of getting into D&D, &D, what would you say to them um, with respect to tabletop um, virtual systems uh, about Shard that, that they would want to consider? First of all, even before we talk about virtual tabletop, it's a great hobby. It's a great way to be, meet people. It's a great way to grow your social skills. It's a great way to, to just to escape from day-to-day -day life and have a, have a, have a great time. Uh, and the most important thing is connecting with your friends, right? And, and meeting new friends is a part of it, right? Independent of whatever tool you use or anything else. Our goal with Shard is to make it as simple as possible. Like literally when you sit down and create your first character for the first time, it basically walks you through the options that say, pick this, then pick that, then pick that. And explains what each one is. And we just added a major enhancement in that area where now it's a, a card view picker that like, you know, you get a summary of each of the choices you're going to, you know, that's available to you to make and, and that sort of stuff. So we're trying to make that experience even better for folks as, as they go. And the same, if you, you know, if you've played a little bit, you've never run a game and you're trying to become a game master or whatever else, like the starting from new campaign, like right on the screen, it gives you guidance as to here's what you need to do first, here's what you need to do second, right? And that sort of stuff. So we're trying to provide, you know, a guided experience that is great for first time users and then gets out of the way and becomes just a part of uh, a part of, of the experience itself if you're an experienced user, right? Because even experienced users forget to do things like occasionally, right? You know, like how many spells can I pick? Like, what, what, you know, what, what's uh, what, we we have a couple of those in our sessions for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and unless you play the like, you know. Role-playing games are the games of infinite variety. Unless you play the same character over and over and over again, same subclass, same race, everything else, like each combination provides a subtly different thing. Each per character has its own personality and its own, you know, everything, right? And so, you know, venture out there, choose something different, right? Choose, you know, hey, you've never played a sorcerer before, try playing a sorcerer, right? You know, you know, and see why you like it, right? Because that's, the, that's uh, really... 
uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a game that can provide infinite entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of, uh, of creating your own worlds and creating your own experiences, creating your own characters, everything else. And so, uh, and a lot of it is in, in, in theater of the mind, but, uh, you know, the right tools can really, uh, you know, accelerate that experience. Right? You know what? That, that, that's, that's a great way to describe it. Well, and it, so for that's for beginners, what, what about for an experienced person? What's, what's a draw to shard for someone who's been doing it for years? Why, why shard? Why bring shard into your, into your uh, tools as a GM or as a player? Well, there are two camps, right? Those that have been playing for years that really haven't ever used an online tool or found tools too, the online tools too hard, right? Is one, I'd say, give it a try. You'll find out that it's remarkably easier than you think, right? Especially if you've tried one of the other tools previously uh, and that kind of stuff. And the, and the convenience of being able to type into search and basically find anything immediately, whether it's the item you're looking for, that sort of stuff, you know, yeah, I, I have all the tabs in my old books too, where I can go flip to this tab and find a spell or whatever else. Like being able to type the name of the spell in and get it instantly. Like here's the description of what it does. Here's what the die rolls are. Here's how it levels up. All that kind of stuff is like a, a phenomenal experience. Being able to just upload your map and like go, right? Um, compared to other tabletops, one of the experiences that GMs find super novel, right? Is that most of the other tabletops you spend a lot of time prepping. And if your players divert from what your plan was, so they go right instead of left, right? Now they're in the mountain pass, not in the forest. Well, I don't have any of the right maps prepared. Well, great. In our tool, you basically go search the web for a mountain pass map bang you put it up you're done right you drop your tokens on you're done right it, you know you oh you need a, a new random encounter great add monster here's here's you know your entire choice of the yeah. things to add you know and, and that kind of stuff and it all just happens like that in seconds right so it's not you know you don't have to spend hours prepping for a for a two-hour game session or a four-hour game session like a lot of times i'll spend you know, 20 minutes before the session just to make sure I've got all my notes in order and then I'm good, right? You know, and, and, and players do unexpected things, right? So the, the, the ability to react in real time to a player doing an, an unexpected thing is the biggest feedback we get from GMs about why they love the, love the tool. Um, and then, and then, you know, for a more experienced player that, you know, more experienced online player that's used another platform and that kind of stuff, right? It's, Reality is, is that, you know, everybody says I end up playing that tool. I end up learning the tricks of that tool as opposed to learning the stuff. The best feedback we get from anybody is 30 minutes into the session. I forgot I was using the tool and we were just playing the game. Right. Mm, And, Mm. and that's the experience we're striving for is like, you never, you don't even remember that you're using a tool, right. You're just playing the game. Right. And like, you don't think about, Oh, well, what's this esoteric macro macro and just type a backslash before I do that in chat or do I do like none of that, like just, you know, Hey, go to the right. You know, if you're, if you're looking up a spell, go to the spell section of your character sheet. Okay. Hit the cast button. Great. Boom. It's all right there. Right. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the experience we're, we're striving for is you forget you're even using a tool. Right. Amazing. One, one of the things I really love about, yeah, I, I think, I mean, the, one of the big insecurities certainly that I've had as a very limited DM is if they do go right and you've only prepped left, you are unprepared. You feel very exposed. You feel vulnerable. Yep. You feel um, your confidence can go really quickly. And what you've just said is there is an additional tool specifically for those, you know, those moments. Those panic moments. Those panic moments. Yeah, those moments of spontaneity. 
that really yep. are the beautiful moments that we all aspire for, but we're all petrified of as well. But you've yep. given us a little bit more of a security blanket, a little bit more tools in our toolbox so that when we do you know, have to go in that area, we can draw on a tool that gives us a little bit more com uh, comfort, confidence, and uh, you know, sort of also feeling like we're okay with wherever they go as, as opposed to wanting to rein it all in and try to control it as much as we can. Let's just see where it goes because I can, I can draw from this almost instant tool that Shard gives me to, to adapt with whatever you guys are going to throw at me, which is awesome. I think that's a, of, of everything, that one has some real magic to it, I think. That's a real differentiator um, as well, compared to some of the others. Now, there is the other side of that as well, which is we do see the people that want to over-prepare. And the fact yeah. that it's quick for them to do makes it easy for them to go right and left and straight and up and down and diagonal. And like they, they do everything. And we do see people that do that. And that makes them feel more comfortable that hey, I've done everything and it didn't take me two months to do it. It took me an hour to do it or two hours to do it, right, instead, right? Because I just over-prepared on top of it. And we've definitely seen people that, you know, oh, I created, you know, a hundred encounters just in case. For <laughs> <laughs> one four-hour session. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really? Okay. <laughs> but it's... You know, it's part of that feeling comfortable, right? Some people want to be overprepared. Some people want to make it easy to do. And some people like to have both. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. And we, we honestly couldn't have asked for, one, a, a better insight, two, uh, a better chat with two lovely gentlemen such as yourselves. And uh, honestly, uh, I think you guys are making moves within this community that everyone should hear about everyone should get to experience because truly it is a simplified sleek uh, it's it's the corvette of uh, <laughs> of tabletop games you know it's it's the lamborghini of virtual tabletops it's gonna it's gonna do exactly what you need and it's gonna look great doing it so guys thanks so so much for coming and joining us today um i wanted to give you guys a chance to shout out you know where people can find your stuff what what it, how do people find your discord server all that kind of stuff uh, uh well, well, where can people find that stuff well the website's www.shardtabletop.com it, it's uh all of our contact information is on the contact page there so you can find the discord server the facebook group the reddit group the twitter handle uh, everything on that contact page uh, and uh, and we'd love to have you as part of the community so jump on in we'd love to have you uh, you Sign can also is free. free to play there, right? So you can try the tool for free. Amazing. You guys are absolute legends. Uh, of course, we've been homie and the dude. Uh, for us, hit us with the Holy Trinity. Like and follow on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube and share any one of our videos on any one of your social media platforms. Other than that, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, guys. Pleasure, thank guys. It's been our honor. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff for you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting, you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking, following the page and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.